like they they advertise one match by crashing a car into one of the wrestlers. Not a total victory of Russia, which now we're seeing. This he goes on. Gigantic bag of flaccid dicks. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Which, when you open them up, you find out that they're all cockroaches inside. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. No, I don't know if anybody else is ever going to laugh this hard at anything we Probably. say. Uh, we can actually both look out my window right now and see some very pretty yellow flowers that I'm going to be eradicating. History of Time, where we connect nerdery to the real world. I'm Ed Blaylock, a world history teacher at the seventh grade level, uh, and right now an English teacher for one period a day at the seventh grade level. Kill me now at uh, here here in Northern California, and uh, I am uh, the father of a 22 month old little boy uh, who has decided that the world is his jungle gym, and he wants to climb. Everything. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yes. <laughs> and also, oh God, no. <laughs> um, you know, the point the point at which it becomes problematic is when he decides that, you know, uh that that table that the TV set is sitting on, I want to climb up and stand on that. <laughs> uh, you know, or or when, you know, we're we're my wife okay, I gotta share this story. My my wife has really serious working mom guilt. Mm-hmm. And the daycare that we have our little boy at has as a as a selling feature. They have the ability for you to sign up with an app, and you can watch your kid. You can check in with your kid yeah. through a camera in the classroom. There's two different cameras set up, and you can you know, so you can see what he's doing over the course of the day. Uh huh. And because again, my wife has a near terminal case of working mom guilt, she will put that app up on her phone at the beginning of her workday, prop it up next to the keyboard on her computer at work and just kind of leave it running. And she's working and she can just look over and see what he's doing at whatever time of day. Okay. So, um, this wasn't our son, but the climbing thing is apparently a developmental stage for a great many kids. And, uh, she happened to notice that another kid had climbed from the floor up onto the counter in the classroom next to the sink. So we're talking about a somewhere between waist and chest high Mm -hmm. countertop that a two foot tall child is standing on top of. Mm -hmm. So that's a total of, you know, if they pitch over, that's a four foot fall to the floor. Right. And, or, or more foot fall to the floor. And, um, she had to have a talk with the management of the center because the te- the one teacher who was on duty at the time was uh, spent two minutes having a conversation with another adult in the hallway mm-hmm. while that was going on. And nothing happened, but right. you can imagine the level of <gasps> that that she was dealing with and the, oh God, turn around, turn around, go back into the room, sure. notice what's going on, turn around, see this, that was going through her head the whole time that was happening. Okay. So that's, you know, vicarious horror. Right. Uh, you know, on behalf of somebody else's kid, not even ours, because, oh my God, must climb right. everything. Right. Like us. He wants to climb us. Mm-hmm. And he's learning enough words that now he can walk up to you and say, hands. And that means he wants to he grab wants your, to hands. your hands. He wants you to pick him up 
and and he's gotten really good. Here's this. I blame you. Me. You. Oh, I see. You. Why. I know because why. Because it's a wrestling move. <laughs> you pick him up and he sticks both of his feet straight out and wants to plant him in the middle of your chest. Yeah. Because that's the only place I could think of that he would have learned it. <laughs> Was the couple of hours that you were looking after him a while back. <laughs> we spent the whole time throwing things. Oh, yeah. Well, he does yeah. that, too. And, yeah. You know, whatever. I can deal with that. But, you know, <laughs> feet in the middle of my chest for like a half an hour, repeated, repeated, because, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing. Yeah, it is. I love him to death. But, dear God, child. You don't want that to be so quick. No, I really don't. <laughs> so, that's me. Oh, okay. Who the hell are you? Uh, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher who teaches a little bit of world history. Uh, I just assigned comic books to my advanced Latin students, board games to a different set of Latin students, and a collectible card game to another set of Latin students. All right. All of which have to be done in Latin, uh, (laughs) using different characters throughout history and mythology. God almighty. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a father of a seven-year-old girl and a 10-year-old, not quite 10-year-old, almost 10-year-old boy. Uh, both of whom are getting along famously and learning to play a game like Mouse Guard. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm teaching them all kinds of fun things by leaps and bounds. Awesome. Uh, yeah, climbing is a normal thing. When we bought my son a dresser, uh, he climbed to the top of it and then jumped from that to his bed. And I have pictures. It's adorable and awesome. I'm sure. My daughter I'm climbed sure. to the top of her dresser, which at the time was about five feet high. She stacked all of her drawers like like stairs, climbed <gasps> to the top, and then took a yoga pose. So, okay, yeah, you know, could be worse. Could could, could be taller. Could be yeah yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I'm having a vicarious heart attack on ah, your behalf. Fine. No, I was fine uh, with it. I was like, oh, right. cool, you got all the way up there. Because yeah. if I panic, then they're going to get. Then they're going to freak that. out. And they're going to yeah. So I was like, that's oh, that's awesome. True, yeah. Let's let's endorse that so yeah. that uh, you don't think it's as cool. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no rebellion involved in this at all. Right. So you can stop doing it now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take the claws yeah, out. That works. Yeah. So last time we were talking about uh, the Patriot Act and we were talking yes. about Marvel Comics. And yes. as it turns out, there are very good arguments for security and very good arguments for civil liberties. Yes. When it came to Marvel Comics. Yes. There was no time for arguments when it came time to the Patriot Act. Which is why I think Marvel Apparently, Comics... there was no right. time for There were argument. three days and from from finished writing to... Of the Jackal? Uh, no. Different. Of the Condor? No. Which, no, three days of the Jackal. Three days of the Jackal, yeah. yeah. Three days of the yeah. Jackal. But there were three days from the finished writing it stage to the it's now to signed the, into now law, law stage. And by the way, that was October 26th when it was signed into law. So October 23rd is when he finished writing it. 9-11 happened on September 11th. Yeah. To write a hundred and thirty pages worth of Well, as you pointed out, yes. a lot of it was pre generated already. He he folded a lot of pre existing shit into it. It's as though there was a prior agenda and this helped push it along. This is true. Which is a major plot point in the Civil War, actually. Turns out Nitro is not that powerful. No. And one of the reasons that Wolverine is not in the story for the most part until later is because he's trying to hunt down Nitro and figure out what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. And Nitro doesn't even know why he was that powerful that day. No. So it well, is, we ultimately, yeah. well, spoiler alert. Yes. And I mean, you can stop me, but we ultimately wind up finding out because there's, mm-hmm. there's, is it mastermind is his name? The, the, the Reed Richards villain 
smartest guy in the world after Reed Richards, mm-hmm. winds up checking Reed Richards' math. And we wind up no, finding right. out in this conversation between Reed Richards and whoever this other guy is, Mastermind, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, that Reed somehow was, was if he wasn't he the genesis the of the entire thing, but he yep. was pulling strings the entire time yep. because the alternative was you know, the destruction of the world, mass casualties, and it would be so much worse for everybody involved. And so this was the only way, which, by the way... That's Reed Richards' uh, uh, arrogance 101. Yeah, one, that's Reed Richards' arrogance 101. That's Reed Richards in a fucking nutshell. And I was talking at the end of our last episode about how great the writing was at the beginning of Civil War. By the way, I think it was Mad Thinker. Okay, yes. Um... You know, the writing at the beginning of Civil War was like, holy cow, this is amazing. And, I mean, we can wait until we get to the end for the verdict, but you can see what direction I'm going already. Yes. And so, anyway. Well, that's, I think, partly that's still the writing, though, because as you go further and further down the road of fighting each other and getting invested in that, you get further and further away from the reasons why you started that fight in the beginning. And as a result, narratively, what ends up happening is the same thing that ends up happening in the story. So I think, accidentally, it does that. Okay. Now well, we can we can have that argument yeah. when we get to that point. But so anyway, rewind. It's yeah. 2006. Patriot yes. Act does not sunset. Uh, it gets made permanently into law. Yes. Standing. Yes. Law. Normal. Normalized. Law. Yeah, it's yeah. Completely normalized. The schism that developed between Iron Man and Captain America highlights the schism between people who felt it was their duty to support the president Mm -hmm. and those who felt it was their duty to stand up for those who could not. So law and order versus individual rights of the most vulnerable. This is your standard classic difference between conservative and liberal. Yes. Social order, which is fragile and really hard to get back, Compared to individual rights, which are sacrosanct and should not be trampled. Yes. And that's a tension Finding, point. Find, well, yeah, the tension between those is, I mean, it's it's Locke versus Hobbes. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know why I was thinking about Locke versus Hobbes earlier today in a different context. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, oh, yeah, we, we were completely separate. It, it was related to another conversation we were having. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, that, that tension between those two, those Mm -hmm. two ideas and where the balance point lies was an obsession of everybody in the enlightenment. They're trying to figure it out. Was, was trying to figure out, okay, so do we need to have an absolute ruler who's going to maintain order at all costs? Because, Mm -hmm. oh my God, order is so fragile and life is nasty, brutish and short. Right. Hobbes. Or... Do we need to have government in order to ultimately protect those sacrosanct individual rights? Right. And, and that is the sum total of what government ought to be doing. Right. And nothing more. And that ought to all be through the will and the and the sovereignty of the right. people. Right. And that's Locke. Hobbes. Locke. Yeah. yeah. Hobbes was already Locke. Yeah. And, you know, Which so. Is, what's interesting here, though, is that you see that social order. Mm. is reliant upon what you just mentioned under Locke. The sovereignty of the people. Right. Because the collective sovereignty of the people as opposed to right. individual, individual, individual liberty, individual rights. Yes. What I would argue mm-hmm. is that we can transpose mm-hmm. 
out of Hobbes the monarch mm-hmm. for the people, the the, yes. the mass, the mat, that society as a whole in this argument takes the Hobbesian role of the controlling authority, or okay, or the people who are actually wanting this to happen are a small group of folks who are in charge, the oligarchs, who are claiming that it's for the people and it's the will of the people. Because you don't really see the will of the people being represented by people. You see Jefferson it? Davis? <laughs> no. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we're, but we're, yeah. doing this, we're doing this for, for Southern rights. No, you're right. doing it for your own fucking economic interests. Yes. Yeah. But but there's yeah. there is the mom. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And interestingly, there's a mom of a kid who died at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Kid's name was Damien. And it was spelled the right Holy way. Holy shit. Yeah, it was, was weird to read. What? Yeah, I can believe that. But and she's a redhead. I don't remember if the kid was cuz you never actually see him in the panels cuz no. he just was part of the ones who got vaporized. Coffin. But she well, There is a coffin, but he's yeah. not in it. Yeah. But she is she kind of represents the will of the people, but in many ways she's a lobbying group. Well, and she buttonholes Tony. Yes. When when he's trying to express his condolence and he's trying to right. say we're trying to fix this, we're trying to make it right, she she buttonholes him. And I don't remember all of the details of the conversation, but I remember coming away from it being like, I can understand that this woman is dealing with really raw grief and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, but this conversation leaves leaves Tony looking like a putz. Yeah. For lack of a better word. Well, it's it the was, only one I can... It was really it. the Civil War that made me think that Iron Man was a tool. Yeah. Prior to that, I didn't care for much for him very much. It was like, yeah. okay, he's he's a backline fighter who swoops in and, and does cool shit for the Avengers. Yeah. But this series is what spoiled me against him, quite honestly. Well, yeah, and yeah. we can get into... I mean, as, yeah. we, as we go through the plot, we can get into those points. Sure. But, now, as we talk but, about... That, that was that was the first moment where it was yeah. like, you're kind of kind of a moron yeah like like not not like you're, you're dick. blind you're blind you're you're you're, yeah. you're not paying re- you're not seeing the subtext of like anything right, right. you know so mark miller creator yes. of the series uh, uh, said yes. that he agreed with iron man politically but he made sure that cap's arguments held water in 2006 too yeah now while security is a good thing and we need the changes to adapt to a new world miller a scotsman also saw how quickly people went from wanting to feel safe to wanting to invade Afghanistan to wanting to invade Iraq. Yep. Despite there being no real evidence for it. And the mm. people's will was manipulated massively in the process. I should also point out here mm-hmm. that when when Miller says he, he agrees with Iron Man politically, and you point out he's a Scot, mm-hmm. as a citizen of the UK, mm-hmm. long before we had the Patriot Act over here, because of the nature of the British Constitution, mm-hmm. they they have never had the same level of protection from self-incrimination right. that we do. They have never had the same level of assumption of a right to privacy mm-hmm. that we have. They instituted massive public surveillance. Yes. Like if you're in a public place anywhere in the UK, you are being watched by a camera. Mm-hmm. Like unless you are a career criminal who spends your time discreetly figuring out where the blind spots are, mm-hmm. you are spending your time, your life mm-hmm. in the view of law enforcement who mm-hmm. are, who are explicitly 
collecting tape for investigation when a crime gets committed. Like, mm-hmm. like British police procedurals nowadays rely on that. That right. is that is because it's it's it's, it's a background standard noise. Thing. It's yeah. a standard thing. To us, prior to 9-11, mm-hmm. the very idea of, I mean, like, I remember people talking about that in shades of horror. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's, Orwell was totally right. Right. You know, and, you know, we still haven't done that. Right. But if people tried to do that now. Well, we have done that. We just do it for them. This is true. We have smartphones. Uh, we have Facebook. We have social media. We have Instagram. Also, private companies. I have companies. an Echo Dot in my living room. Yeah, I have one right over there. Yeah. Uh, private companies. Yeah. Uh, have cameras everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. There are um, traffic cameras everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you have the right to face your accusers. Yeah. And yet, we're constantly filmed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what's going on. Um there's a quote that I have that came from Luke Cage, and it okay. says, There's no way I'm working for the government because the next thing I know, I'm on a plane to Iraq, and I'm going to be invading Syria on behalf of the American government. It's a potent argument. Yeah. He's not wrong. Now, strangely to me, this argument of regulation versus civil liberty ends up with those who defend civil liberty on the right. And I've kind of done some more reading. Um, okay. But, okay, so most people's understanding in America is that if you defend civil liberties, you're typically on the right. Um, and if you want government regulating, controlling things, you're on the left. You're, yeah. Can you give me, I mean, you're my conservative friend. Well, yeah, for what that passes for anymore in my case, but yes. You're an intellectual conservative. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm coming, yeah. Yeah. All right. I need you to give me your best explanation for how that happens. How how, how is government that? regulation ends up being an argument of the left and civil liberties uh, Be- winds end up, up becoming being on the right. On the now, it, try to do it without invoking the Second Amendment is the real trick here. Oh, I can do it without. No, do it, yeah, no, please. If, no. Um, where it comes from is the tension between the right and the left over collectivism versus uh, individual liberty. And because everything in our politics is tied to economics, because we're, we, we were founded as a nation of merchants, traders, and, and you know, rum runners. You know, John Hancock made his, made his money by, you know, avoiding uh, British tax regulators. Um, because capitalism is, is woven inexorably into the threads of our political discourse mm-hmm. from the founding of the country. And because we're a bourgeois nation at our roots, okay. um, the idea of the government regulating your ability to make a living mm-hmm. is tied to all of your other rights. And okay. so... So it winds up becoming anybody who is economically mm-hmm. libertarian, and that tends and to be conservative. That's 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 what it, that tends to be conservatives, as opposed okay. to on the left is collectivism and social safety net, okay. and you know environmental, all the environmental regulation, all that kind of stuff uh-huh. is from the point of view of. As a society, we mm-hmm. need to do this. Collectively, we need to do this. And right. so that's where 
Democrats in our country okay. have the reputation for being the ones like, well, there there ought to be a law okay. that's tied to that collective. We, gotcha. we as a we need to look out for everybody in society. Right, winds up being collective. Okay. Winds up being regulation as opposed to I have the right to do this thing. So it's like rights versus liberty in it's, some ways. It's well, it's 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 yeah, rights rights versus versus yeah. Okay. Sort of. I don't know if I'd put it as rights versus liberty, but it, but it's 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 rights versus collective welfare. Okay. And in in the broad sense of welfare, yeah, yeah, yeah. not not yeah. social program, but you know, it's it's um, the idea that you know um, individual interests need to be prevented from spoiling the uh, you know from, from perpetrating the tragedy of the commons. Yeah. Uh, you know, is is a is a fundamentally. I mean, that's that is a more left leaning kind of idea. But it requires but regulation. It requires from regulation the from the government okay. to do it, which is the reason that winds up being the way our our political cookie crumbles the way okay. it does along those lines. Because in does that in, make sense? It does. It does. Okay, and I appreciate that because in just articulating that. I mean, instinctively, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I can totally do this." Then I had to actually articulate it. I'm yeah, like, I hope I'm making this. Damn clear. it, these words don't work. Yeah. So because to me, <clears throat> um, you have Tony Stark representing the government, wanting to restrict the rights of individuals. Yeah, that's inherently a conservative thing because they're after social order. Yeah. And Cap is wanting to say, no, these are our rights. To me, that's inherently a liberal thing because it's protecting the rights. And yet, well, when... Like, in a classical liberal sense, the, right. idea of, the idea of the individual rights the, and the sovereignty of the individual right. citizen in that sense is a classical liberal idea. Right. Yes. So in terms of left and right... Those line up to me ideologically, yeah. left and or right and left. You know, Tony yeah. is representing the right, and Cap is representing the left. Yeah. Um, and yet, this idea of regulating your guns, yeah, is very much the left because of the public danger it poses. Well, that's the exact same argument that Tony Stark is using. We are too dangerous for the public. Yeah. Therefore, we should regulate. But it's clearly an authoritarian approach that he's he's creating. Whereas Cap is saying, no, 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 civil liberties, um, which aren't property rights. No. Right. And, and I think that's where in, in, I can here's, speak here's out the of deal. this. The, yeah. the, the, the weird kind of – because you are right that there is a parallel to Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it's really important to note that the Second Amendment is an amendment about a specific kind of property right. That's a good point. And in this case, we're talking about – the rights of individuals to their Fourth Amendment rights. Right. We're not talking about your ability to own a firearm for, for to, yeah. to own to have access. Your right to have access to a weapon. That's a good point. Is not that these are people who are weapons. Yeah. And because we're talking about people who are that's unavoidably their, weapons, that's their they person, not their property. That's their person, not yep. their property. And so that that warps. Yeah. The nature of of that argument that that ex- or it that, makes that, that it makes the parallel to the Second Amendment inappropriate. Well, yeah, yeah, and and I think I think on one level you can totally say mm-hmm. that there's a Second Amendment parallel. Yeah, when when you when you're talking about you know something something dangerous needing to be controlled, right? There's definitely a Second Amendment. There's there is a parallel 
to the arguments made by people for amendment of the Second Amendment or for, you know, uh, uh, things that Second Amendment proponents say are a violation of the Second yeah. Amendment. Um, so there's a parallel there. Right. But the parallel to the Second Amendment falls apart when you realize that we're talking about people, not property. True. And so what we're, what we're, what we wind up talking about here is individual right to privacy mm-hmm. versus collective right to uh, safety and, and security and, and regulation of a dangerous thing. I would argue this is more like mm-hmm. environmental regulation. Mm-hmm. This is you, you have, you have this business interest, you have this thing that you are doing. Yep. Uh, you know, if we, if we want to take the analogy to talk about corporate personhood, mm-hmm. the corporation as a person naturally creates this problem for the collective society. Right. And so, you know, there's the right quote unquote of the corporation as a fictive person to exist and do business and do its thing. And then there's right. the right of society to say, okay, no, look, you got to limit how you do that. Right. And and so that's harder to pin down to a spe- when you're talking about a fictive person corporation. Sure, that's harder to pin down to a specific amendment. Yeah, but I think that's that's a better analogy for what we're talking about. Okay, and I don't like it the more I think about it because it it kind of dehumanizes the characters that we're talking about in a way. But well, they're but the, literally but, fictive people. Well, yeah, this so. is true. So yeah, but. You get what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, no, I do. So, I do. The 14th Amendment, by the way, is yeah. what's normally used to defend corporations, which is really gross. That's since, disgusting. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's, so okay. this has become an argument of yeah. regulating people who have destructive capabilities mm-hmm. and training them. Yeah. Or letting vigilantes uh, flout the law because they consider themselves as answering to a higher purpose. And I'm really like, uncomfortable with which man. side I want to support. When you phrase it that way, yeah, see, you start sliding Tony word, yeah. But I still think that Cap has a more compelling argument simply because of the very practical and real danger that Spider Man pointed out. Speaking of which, this story becomes a tale of three characters Mm -hmm. Spider Man, Thing, and Punisher. Spidey, I get, yeah, Punisher, I know Mm -hmm. where we're going with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, and thing. Yeah. So you one of got, my one of my favorite parts of the whole saga, as yep. a matter of fact, was the the almost kind of throwaway bit mm-hmm. with with Ben Grimm. Oh, where he speaks in French. Where where he where yeah, well, and the reason he's doing it is because he left the fucking country. Yeah. He went up to Quebec. Yeah. 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 It's so clobber, it's clobbering time in French. Yep. It was it was it was choice. It was so beautiful. So anyway. So yeah, you have these two uh, polar opposites now, yeah. Cap and Iron Man, who, by the way, were best of friends. Yeah. So, uh, and it's Spider-Man thing and Punisher. Spidey comes out, names himself, and registers publicly. Mm-hmm. This goes against everything he's ever acted on. Punisher tries to join Cap and his allies. And Cap basically tells him to kick rocks. Yeah, and he considers himself doing a good thing despite being a horribly violent murderer. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the fundamental issue with Frank Castle's particular brand of crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was, a, it was, I remember that mm-hmm. was, that was another moment I remember reading at the time and mm-hmm. I remember going, yeah, go Cap. Yep. 
Frank Castle is a dick. The thing is purposefully neutral. Chooses to be in the neutral side because he compa- he cares about his family more than he cares about the world around him. Mm-hmm. It's not very heroic. No, but it's really, really completely understandable, identifiable, and totally understandable. And it's mm-hmm. and it's one of the most human moments. Yeah, well, it's, of, it's of the Ben Grimm, the most human the character most there human is. Character, yeah. But I also put, would point out with this, he's he's acting from a position of tremendous privilege. He's super strong and super tough. No one's going to fucking hurt him. True. He's got a public identity and already. His, and, and his whole, yeah, his, his identity is rich. already public. He's wealthy. And his family are themselves the Fantastic Four. Yeah. So, so. the amount of threat they're under is comparatively less than, say, Aunt May. Yep. You know, septuagenarian, octogenarian, little old lady. Yeah. And now, impaled on an octopus arm. Right. Like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Incidentally, Cap goes to Moon Knight and preemptively tells him to piss off because he's too crazy. <laughs> so that happens. <laughs> because he is. Yes. I mean, let's, let's yes. be honest But he's straight it. up, he's like, don't even think about it. No. I came to you to tell you no. <laughs> but I wasn't even asking. I don't I, give a I shit. I don't care. No. Yeah. Now, Spider-Man is the everyman. He's us. He's our best conscience. Not Cap. No. Cap is too unattainable. Iron Man is too remote. Spider-Man is the audience. Well, like he's always been. His, yeah. You know, the, the deal is um, Cap. Well, yeah. Cap is is the paladin. Yep. You know, he, he is the ideal. He is the paragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony is, I'm trying to think the mythic or, or legend kind of archetype in this case, but he's, he's, he's another archetypal figure. Mm-hmm. In this case, he's, he's, he's the man who's of, got it figured all out yeah. intellectually. Cap's yeah. got it figured out all out morally, morally and emotionally. Yeah. And so we're in the middle trying to figure out, okay, do I listen more to my head? Do I listen more to my heart? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is, is there, and, and he's in that place where it's like, well, I need to find out where the shade of gray yeah. is light enough. Spidey is know. also really smart, yeah. but he's conscience driven. Yeah. So, he has these instincts, he has these drives, he has these conflicts within, and they've always been aimed at specifically at the readers, right? He worries the whole way, and he gives voice to our worry about whether or not invading Iraq was a good idea, whether or not arresting and detaining immigrants is a good idea, since some did 9-11. Is this the America we want to turn into? Yeah. Here is Spider-Man. All right. Iron Spider. Mm Mm-hmm. The the semi robotic suit, mm-hmm. which I just want to point out, there's mm-hmm. a certain extent to which in the Iron Spider suit, there's a parallel between him and Doc Ock. Oh, 100 percent. You know, yeah. That the closer to Tony you get, the more <clears throat> like Doc Ock you are. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and he's I don't know I don't remember who he's talking to in he's, this panel. He's yelling. He's chastising Cap and Iron Man. Oh, both of them. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, so he's chastising both of me. But says, mostly Cap. Mostly Cap. Okay. He's, okay. Aw, oh, come on. The only people who win when we're fighting each other are the bad guys, big man. This goes against every principle you ever believed in. Cap's reply, don't talk to me about principles, Spider-Man. I saw that little stunt you pulled on TV. Is Mary Jane happy about the Sandman having her zip code now? Wow, Steve, dick, move. Is it All right. Well... Yeah. That's 
I I I understand. I mean, it's it's. I think he it's went, a meaningful point, but yes. it's kind of punched below the belt. It is. It is. It's like literally since mm-hmm. it's you know mm-hmm. Mary Jane, but you know, gee, wow. Yeah. So that's Spidey. By the way, yeah. I just want to point out that immediately puts me in mind of uh, Chris Evans mm-hmm. in the in the trailer we've now all seen online for the mm-hmm. movie Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Where he's just sitting there in the chair saying to everybody, eat shit. Yeah. Eat shit. <laughs> eat shit. Eat shit. And, like, because it's Chris Evans who yep. is now indelibly forever connected to Captain Cap- America. Yep. Having kind of that same moment. Uh-huh. That's as close as Cap is ever going to get to telling somebody to eat shit oh, with yeah. his language. Like, oh, yeah. Holy cow. Now, Thing is the everyman who's been busy providing for his family, right? Yeah. yeah. He's our non-aligned friends. I'm immoderate. Uh, uh, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to I don't worry about politics. I don't right? watch the news. Yeah, those He's guys. the working class sensibility. Man. He doesn't want to be bothered with politics. Me, now he's made me really not like Ben Grimm. How the hell did that happen? He's perpetually grumped out by both sides. <laughs> yeah. And he's on both sides. Yeah. Because he has friends who believe one way, while he believes another. Okay. And he allows them to, in that he's grumpy against everyone. Yeah. Punisher is a middle component of a generational dynamic. Okay? Okay. Cap Cap is the greatest generation and its values. Yes. He's a new dealer. Yeah, yeah. He participated in a heroic and successful war. He yes. literally saw the internment in his lifetime, unlike any superhero around him, by the way. Uh, he's outdated, as are his values. And this is what I meant by unattainable. Punisher was a product of Vietnam. He came back more violent. He was conflicted. Ultimately, the culture he came back to devoured his family, and by extension, himself. He is the skull face of the American failure. Wow. He is pain. Right. Cap is righteous. He is damaged. Cap is whole. And then there's Iron Man. He's technology and munitions and electronic surveillance. He is the war on terror personified, literally personified. He's an army of one. He's more tech than humanity, more machine now than man, more intelligence. Listed and evil? <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but certainly misguided, and the ends are starting to justify the means a lot yes. quicker. Oh, uh, well, well, we'll get into more of that in a second, because I got some shit to say about some of that. He's much more intelligence than raw courage. Okay, yeah. He's a drone pilot, doing war stuff by day, but sleeping in his bed at night. True. He's colorful, he's entertaining, he's smug. He's an alcoholic, and he's the arrogance of Afghanistan and Iraq. Okay. And in 2006, our culture is caught between wanting to feel safe again and remembering its ideals. In 2006, we're caught between our pain and our conscience. Okay. Um, I'm going to show you this, and I just want you to describe it and maybe... I don't know if you remember this. It's oh, the wow. epilogue right. to right after Spider-Man pulled off his, uh, I believe it's right after Spider-Man pulled off his mask. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's a summary of Japanese-American internment. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three comic panels 
at the bottom, toward the bottom of the page, mm-hmm. there looks like there's a, a excerpt from a diary entry. It's actually it's a poem that was written oh, okay. by somebody who was interned by an by an internee. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and Spidey is on a cell phone mm-hmm. talking to somebody. I believe it's Mary Jane. Okay. And he tells her, I love you, mm-hmm. at the end of the conversation. And then the very la- in the very last frame, there's uh, Spidey is superimposed over a picture of a, an internee aboard a bus being driven, presumably, to one of the camps. And Spidey is reading a copy of the New York Post Mm-hmm. With Hulk steroids scandal <laughs> on the front cover. Yeah, well, it is the New York Post. All right. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So. So it's it's explicitly juxtaposing uh-huh. the the current issue of of hero registration with mm-hmm. Japanese internment. Yes. Which I don't know how I feel about that. Well, on 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 the one hand. It's an important thing to remind readers of. On the other hand, it feels a little gross to use it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read the poem. Okay. Uh, I don't mind because I I understand why people think it's gross, but I think it's it's this is what cemented for me that these were very important comics. Uh, here's the poem. They've sunk the post deep into the ground. They've strung out wires all the way around with machine gun nests just over there and sentries and soldiers everywhere. Imprisoned in here for a long, long time, we know we're punished, though we've committed no crime. Our thoughts are gloomy and enthusiasm damp to be locked up in a concentration camp. Loyalty we know and patriotism we feel. To sacrifice our utmost was our ideal. To fight for our country and die, perhaps. But we're here because we happen to be Japs. We all love life and our country best. Our misfortune to be here is in the West. Our misfortune to be here in the West. To keep us penned behind that damn fence is someone's notion of national defense. That's the poem. And what gets me is at the very top of that next page is the interaction between a young girl and her dad getting off of the bus, uh, presumably at one of the internment camps. Yeah, looks like Manzanar, based mm-hmm. on the background at the bottom of the page. Yeah. And the little girl is stepping off the bus and says, Daddy, when can we go home? And the father says, this is our home, Kimiko. So, uh, there's uh, one more page where Dad is talking to his daughter. And if you don't mind reading that and okay. then scrolling. All right, so as... Uh, as this conversation is going on between the father and his little girl, um, mm-hmm. Spidey in the Iron Spider suit is, I don't know, moving around between buildings, doing doing stuff. He's and he's got I'll freedom describe, of movement because yeah. he's cooperated. Yeah. So uh, the father says, "You must promise to be a good girl, Kimiko. We are all going to have to do the best we can." She asks, "Did we do something wrong?" Father says it's just for a few weeks while the war is on. They have given us housing, you see. The little girl says, why can't we be in San Francisco? 
He says, we are helping the war effort. She asks, why? He says, because it is our duty. Because we are Americans. Mm -hmm. And then at the very bottom of the page, we see that Spidey has made it across New York to Ellis Island. Mm -hmm. And he is looking up at the Statue of Liberty. And he says, with great power, huh? Mm-hmm. See, I think it's totally valid to include that because this is at a time where America is yet again having to answer the question, what do you want? Well, yeah, and there were... Security and there, or liberty. And, there, and there, were, there were people who, at the time, were mm-hmm. bringing up Manzanar and talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the... the Threat. Yep. You know that that you know we don't know how many of these people, meaning Middle mm-hmm. Easterners, Arabs, you know, of of various and all stripes. We don't know. You know, there might be sleeper cells. We got it. Right. You know, I mean, there were people Hiding who, amongst who us, were who were like whacked out paranoid. Yep. Um, and then there were people who were concerned that that whacked out paranoia might lead to something like exactly. Manzar happening again. So, the specifics of the Civil War and our... It just took a couple, of, a couple more presidential uh, administrations, and it didn't yeah. involve Arabs. Right. But, no, now we're know. selling weapons to the very country we're, that funded yeah, the attacks. By presidential fiat after Congress didn't want to do it. Right. Which is weird, because separation of powers... separation of powers, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the specifics of the Civil War and our vastly changed culture are worthy of note here. Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic developed a prison in the negative zone called 42. Yep. Cute. But it really got its name as one of the 100 ideas that Stark, Pym, and Richards came up with to fix things after Stanford. This prison is literally not in our world. And there's no due process, no extradition, and no appeal process to get out. Detention is endless. This should sound familiar to the detainment facility at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Yep. Not on American soil. It was set up under Bush in January of 2002 as a place that Defense Secretary Rumsfeld, a position that Tony Stark would also hold in the comics, could hold indefinitely the detainees without any real legal standing in American jurisprudence. At the time of its inception, the Bush administration claimed that anyone held there would not be entitled to the Geneva Convention's protections. The U.S. Supreme Court said otherwise, and by July of 2006, the Bush administration gave lip service to the fact that detainees should be given those protections. Yeah. Several committed suicide, and it's been proven that torture has happened there. Yes. I'm going to show you this. This is Firestar. Yes. From the New Warriors. Yes, of the New Warriors. Mm-hmm. They didn't choose this life, Miss Floyd. I did. And now someone somewhere has decided that's just too bad because I'm suddenly a danger to society. I was in the New Warriors. I lost a lot of good friends because of what Nitro did at Stanford. But I don't ever remember us being that dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, kind of comes back to the internment yeah. and such like that. So, uh, by the way... Of the uh, 779 men who've been held there since 2002 yeah. in Guantanamo Bay, 400-plus yeah. were captured by Afghan and Pakistani bounty hunters. Yeah. Not enemy combatants that were captured after battles. No. No. And, but they were defined as such. Yeah. 
173 were held and released without ever being charged. 43 were considered too dangerous to release, but also having not enough admissible evidence for a trial. But, I mean, it's not on American soil, so fair is fair. So there you go. In 42, Daredevil gets caught and led to 42. And it's not because he was caught as an enemy combatant. It's because he refused to register. He hid a silver dollar in his mouth and gave it to Tony to Stark, uh, saying, I guess that makes 31 pieces of silver you've got now, huh? Sleep well, Judas. Now here's the fun part. Iron Man started using villains to hunt down the heroes. Because that, those were the only people he could find. That too, but to yeah. bring the heroes in and to <clears throat> imprison them. So many villains signed up to do exactly that, to be legitimate and strained the credulity of what was going on. Except that it didn't because America had used similar methods to fill the detention facilities at Gitmo. Yeah. George Bush also said in November of 2001, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Mm-hmm. A decidedly polarizing statement. The back of every issue of Civil War was, whose side are you on? Mm-hmm. An equally polarizing statement, heightening the tension of the Ben Grimm's and Peter Parker's of the world. Now, this is another thing I want to show you. And this is an argument between Iron Man and Luke Cage. Uh, but I think it's so sprawling that it's going to need multiple of our voices. Okay. Before we do that, though, we really ought to do an ad because this shit is getting really, really sad. Yeah. And I'd like to cheer us up with uh, advertising. With, with capitalism. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, Geek Nation. Ed here. And Damien. Damien. Yeah. You in the market for a new book? What? You know what? I am. All right. Well, I got I got a series to recommend to you. Oh, that's fantastic. You know what? I would love to read a book about like Irish folklore and Celtic folklore, but set in an urban setting in America. You got anything? Wow. That's not at all artfully set up. But <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact, have something for you. The American Fairy Tale Trilogy by Bishop O'Connell starts with The Stolen. Mm-hmm. The second volume is The Forgotten. The final that's okay. volume is The Returned. You'll remember the second volume later. You Hunting son of a bitch. No, that's... The title is The Forgotten. The, the, which is fine, because I'm sure they could find it on Amazon and they would actually find the title without having to rely on your batty memory. Good day, sir. And on that note, back to the show. All right, we're back. Let's dive right into it. I'm going to read for you uh, Iron Man's part, uh, and you do me a favor and read Luke Cage, and let me know if you're doing Jessica Jones, too. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of the Iron Man, uh, uh, Miss Marvel, and you take okay. care of yeah, uh, yeah, keeping yeah. up with the Joneses. Yeah. So, uh, Iron Man, I need to know, Luke, because at midnight, if you don't, and you and Jessica are effectively criminals, again... Silence from Luke Cage. Yeah, no reply. They're in Luke Cage's house, by the way. Now, I talked to... Wait. I talked to the powers that be. Your sordid past all being swept under the rug. All that trouble in your youth, none of it will will affect your standing as a sanctioned Avenger. And Jessica jumps in. Luke, Luke is still not saying anything. Jessica jumps in. What about me, Mr. Stark? Yeah, I have powers too. And you know what? I don't want to use them, and I have no plans to use them, and I don't want to work for the United States of corporate sellouts. What about someone like me? 
Well, Miss Cage. Jones. Well, Jessica, you'll sign in and we'll deal with that when the time comes. You have a newborn baby. No one's going to ask you to go fight Dr. Doom. That's your ass. Jessica, you're... Carol, don't. Just, you're military. You like being told what to do. We don't. In fact, we hate it. Uh, This is Captain Marvel. Or Ms. Marvel, uh, the country has shifted, and we're doing everything we can to keep everything nice and... You're compromising yourself past any level of... And then Luke Cage. The world ain't a nice place. All right. If it was, we wouldn't be who we are. You're trying to make the world something it ain't. And worse, you're selling yourselves to do it. And who are you selling to, huh? What you're trying to do, it can't be done. It's not human nature. Uh, Tony, uh, Luke, I need to know, will you sign on? Guess we'll find out at midnight. Luke, they will come to your home and they will take you out of here. And if that doesn't work, they'll call us in next. Do you want this? Is that what you want? Uh, is that what your goal is? Oh, is it Mississippi in the 1950s now? Oh, come on. The difference is? Stop it. Will you stop? And then we go to the middle. It's an interesting, uh, yeah, it's a different, yeah. Interesting layout. Getting pulled out of your home in the middle of the night for being different is the same now as it was then. Jessica jumps in. does have a timeless quality to it. Don't it? And then Iron Man and Carol are categorically silent. Then Iron Man says, no, this is about breaking the law. Slavery used to be a law. And then uh, Carol says, Luke... Um, then... Uh, yeah, and then Iron Man says, you're twisting this and I won't hear it. You should hear it. You should turn those robot robot ears on real loud because it is what it is, baby. You're perverting it all. You're distorting the ideas you said we stand for to the point that when you're done with all of this, the ideas won't mean anything. You'll stand for nothing except whatever they tell you to. And Iron Man responds with, if you join, you can make sure that exact thing doesn't happen. So talk about trying to co-opt all over the place. And then uh, they leave, and then it's a discussion between Luke and Jessica dealing with the reality of what they have to do. Uh, I'll take Jessica, you take Luke. Uh, okay. And she's, they're just sitting there, and Jessica says, I got to take the kid and leave. I know. I got to. I know. I'm not leaving you, though. I just have to keep her safe. I know that. And then she says, come with, uh, uh, come with. Screw all of it. We got enough money to leave, right? Canada needs superheroes, too. I ain't leaving. This is my home. And then she says, Luke, please, you want to end up like Matt Murdock in jail, fighting for your life? I ain't leaving. I worked damn hard to clean up this neighborhood. This is my world. And I ain't going to have my kid grow up to find out that after all we've been through, her daddy buckled to the man. I hate this thing they did. I hate it with everything in me. I ain't going along with it, and I ain't leaving my home. The people of this neighborhood know me. I want them to see what they do to me for standing up for what I believe is right. I would just like to point out, what amendment is he talking about here? Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, And then he says to her... Hey, I got unbreakable skin, and I've been to jail. I can handle anything they throw at me, and I'll bust out of any place they put me. And then I'll teach them what's right if it takes the rest of my life. So he is definitely making a moral stand, uh, that, uh, and that just contrasts with that poem that we saw about yeah. internment, right? Yeah, and he knows it's going to cost him. Yeah. 
So then uh, Luke is talking to a neighborhood kid. What? You going to sign that thing? Nope. Because it's crap? Damn straight. What are you going to do? I'm going to go inside and sit in my home and not bother no one. We're supposed to be allowed to do that, right? Yes, sir. And then he goes up to his apartment. And then the clock strikes midnight. And at the door, you hear knock, 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 Mr. Cage. Incredible. Now it's like right there at midnight. Yeah. Mr. Cage, this is S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Gabriel Jones. Can I have a word with you, please? I'm kind of in the middle of something. Can you come back another time? Notice they haven't said they have a warrant for his arrest or anything like that. I'm sorry, Mr. Cage. I can't do that. Okay. Hold on. And he's picking up his couch. (laughs) And And he he flings the the couch through the wall. Yes. Uh, And then... Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember it from the last time I was falsely accused of asterisks and and bleep. I didn't do. Yeah, and then uh, the, the cops say, okay, we got a problem here. They're S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, sorry. And then there's a fight. Oof, we need backup. And then... There we go. Uh, Helicarrier, we are experiencing resistance. Ground crew Romani, get in there. The hallway is blocked. Use your hover disc. Keep an eye on the sky. It might be an ambush. Is it just one guy? And then they start shooting at Luke with uh, armor-penetrating things. And then what I really like here is that there's these two young men in the days before smartphones filming it. Yeah, they have they have a camcorder. Mm-hmm. And kids saying, whoa, told you. I knew they were coming. Don't stop filming. Now, Luke's Cade, Luke's shirt has been shot off. Yeah. Um, he's getting hit. It stings when he gets hit, by the way, but it doesn't break his skin. Uh, and they keep shooting at him. Lots and, and lots of automatic weapons fire. And then Cap and Daredevil show up. Show up. Now, Daredevil's in prison, and it turns out that this particular Daredevil is actually Danny Rand filling in for <laughs> murder. Uh, and then it gets really bad for everybody. And to the point where they, they call it in, and he says, yes, yes, it's Captain America. And then Falcon show, shouts in, and the Falcon, please. I have, I have sidekick, sidekick sy- syndrome as it is. <laughs> uh, and then you see Luke saying, didn't expect to see you here, Daredevil. Aren't you in jail? He well, says, I am an enigma wrapped in a riddle. You okay? Mm-hmm. And I then, was just resting. Uh-huh. So they have their interplay, and that that is the uh, rescue of Luke Cage. So that's what someone who's fighting against the system puts up with Mm -hmm. other people who are crushed by the system have to get on buses Mm -hmm. and interned. Um, so in civil war frontline, it's a companion series and it's at the end of the first few issues there, there is these beautifully done epilogues. Like I said, first one was to Mary Jane, which we read. Um, and, uh, the second issue of it contains a juxtaposed story of Caesar crossing the Rubicon along with his soldiers, complete with the Alea Yachtest, with Iron Man arresting Prodigy for failing to register seconds after midnight. So Iron Man didn't go to arrest Luke Cage. He went to arrest a drunk. Well, because going to arrest Luke Cage, he'd have to face all of the moral... Compunction of arresting <coughs> all of the, your Yeah, all of, all, of the, uh, all, all the overtones. He'd have to make the hard choice. Yeah. And Iron Man says, seconds after midnight, you are now recognized as an unregistered combatant. <clears throat> please oh, please exit this area quietly. You have 10 seconds to comply. 
But the more chilling part is because now, because it's 12 years later, is this. A Roman soldier in that epilogue is telling his friend, of course it's a good thing. I'd rather rely on my own judgment than on laws handed to me by some fat, distant senator. Rome needs shaking up, and Caesar's just the man to do it. Oh. A common man, a soldier, <clears throat> ostensibly loyal to Rome, so disconnected and disillusioned from the democracy that he doesn't respect the tradition of democracy anymore. And he wants to send someone to Rome so they'll shake things up. Also, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. A third epilogue contains adapted lyrics to a song comparing American companies' attack on a Vietnamese village as carnage ensues, juxtaposed with Miss Marvel leading a raid on an unregistered and frankly underpowered superheroes with a squad of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. It ends with the line, and we would all go down together. Billy Joel. Uh-huh. A fourth one contains a story about two brothers fighting each other on opposite sides of the Battle of Secessionville near, Charlottesville, uh, near Charleston, South Carolina. And on and on. Miller and Marvel really pushed the idea that there were differences and sins on heroics on both sides of the argument. Now, that Luke Cage one is really fucking cut and dry to me. The Cap stuff... I'm seeing the argument of vigilantism versus mm-hmm. security collectivism, but the Luke Cage one is dead set, and I think it's really interesting that it's an African-American superhero in his own neighborhood mm. in Harlem that you're seeing the government come cracking down on, and it's not ambiguous at all. No. Um, and they really push the idea that both sides are growing mutually incomprehensible to each other as well. Susan Richards leaves Reed Richards. Again. Yeah. Ben goes I mean, to Canada. No. Yeah, that's true. But she leaves him specifically over this. Yeah, yes, yeah. Spider-Man switches sides after the damage is already done to him personally. The schisming of American Republic is really reflected in these pages, and it was happening at an accelerating, though unnoticed, rate in 2006. People saw it mostly as just politics as usual, with the other side just digging in a little harder. Man, they're really going for it this time. Perhaps the most telling part of the series is the fact that Captain America human embodiment of the former ideals of our flag, our nation, our culture, the promise of all those things for everyone gets killed. Yep. And route to the courthouse. He's killed before due process. He's killed before due process. He's killed after he turns himself in, mm-hmm. in order to prevent further destruction and bloodshed because he realizes that continuing to fight mm-hmm. Although he doesn't concede his point, right? he concedes that continuing to fight is yeah. only going to cause more damage. Yes. And he has a moral responsibility not to do that. Yeah. Which I'm going to point out mm-hmm. is the point at which in the series, for me, mm-hmm. he became the good guy. Um. Now, prior to that, mm-hmm. Tony Stark had already, for me, become the bad guy. Gotcha. Because we find out prior to that that he had cloned Thor yep. without Thor's permission yep. and was treating the clone, the, the Thor clone like a robot. Yep. Um, he had put together Prison 42. Yep. Uh, you know, he had, he had done all this shit that was like, no, 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 th- this is villainous. Yes. And he had completely fallen under the the end justifies the means. Yep. And I was already in the real world Mm -hmm. a proponent of uh, any people who sacrifice their freedom for uh, a feeling of security deserve neither. Uh Uh-huh. 
uh, to begin with, mm-hmm. and then seeing Tony Stark embodying, well, you know, we got to do this for safety, for security, right. for got to protect the children right. was just like, okay, no, you're a fatuous asshole mm-hmm. and I'm completely fucking done with you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, well, you know, and cap is being kind of stiff necked and you know, this is just, you know, and then, um, Titan, mm-hmm. right. Who, who was it? Who was it? Goliath. 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 Goliath wound up being killed. Yes. And it was very shortly after that, that cap said, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to continue fighting anymore. There's. There's been. There's been too much. I. I can't have more bloodshed right. on my hands over this. I'm going to turn myself in, and count on the courts being yep. able to to say this is an unjust law. I'm acting. Yes. You know, and then getting assassinated on, on the, the steps. courthouse steps, yeah. um, making him a martyr mm-hmm. for the ideals. That he that he was trying to defend. So yeah. my biggest problem with the Civil War storyline mm-hmm. was that I thought by the end of it they they had started out doing such a great job mm-hmm. balancing the two sides off against each other and making it clear that no seriously you can you can be an individual who is conflicted over this and you can be somebody who has an opinion on either side for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And they had taken that, yep. And by the end of it, to me, they 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 lost that. That had that had mm-hmm. that had gone away, and it was Cap is on the side of the angels, and right. Tony has become corrupted by the power involved in what he's doing and the goal of doing it for the sake of doing it, and he's a bad guy mm-hmm. and a fascist, and you know, and and like. I was I was deeply 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 disappointed by by that, um, and I I bet mm-hmm. that you're going to wind up making an argument that isn't that kind of the whole point. Yeah. Now that I've said all this, so take it away. <laughs> well, the next thing I was going to say is oh. that as he dies, the ideal of America dies. Yeah. Uh, publicly, mm-hmm. on the courthouse steps. Before the ideals can be tried, before they can be decided on, mm-hmm. before we can decide which way we're going, they die. And then the very next line I say is, uh, that I wrote down here is, I would love to hear your input on the fact that he surrenders and is eventually killed as Steve Rogers, not Captain America. Mm-hmm. But you just did that. So, yeah. Yeah. Now... I want to scale back for a second and point out that uh, the series ran into all kinds of problems, not the least of which was the focus of the audience that seemed to be on the battles. People really liked the battles. Of course, they're comic books. It's a Marvel comic book. That's, I mean, from the very beginning of Marvel comic books, anytime there's a crossover, that's what everybody wants to see. Right. But it's, you know, the, 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 the creators thought that certain moments also weren't as important all of a sudden. And... And they thought that the audience was missing the point of the question. When the point of the question is, do you comply with a government <clears throat> that's stepping on your civil liberties uh, or the civil liberties of a small portion of the population in order to make everyone more secure, or do you resist? Now, that is a false dichotomy, but it is interesting that they were upset that the audience didn't really give a shit about that, which tells me that that had been normalized, that the Patriot yeah. Act had been normalized. 
Well, so, yeah, because it had. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really hard to argue that it hadn't been by 06. Mm-hmm. What everybody was debating about, what everybody was arguing about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the 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 fact that the Patriot Act was about to either sunset or become a permanent fixture. Yes. Came up in the news. Yep. And it was something that, you know, you heard pointy-headed people on TV Mm -hmm. who were political animals talk about. Yep. And then it just kind of happened. And the public, I mean, it's it's a frog in a pot of water. Yeah. You know, we we collectively shrugged because we had the Iraq war going on. We had a perpetual state of war. We had, you know, uh, Afghanistan being Afghanistan like it's been for the Russians and for the British before them. Uh Uh-huh. Everybody who's ever tried to be in Afghanistan. Yep. And, you know, we, we had we had this other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we had been living with these regulations by that time already for five years. And kind of accepting them. And I'm not going to say regulations. Okay. I, I, I will quibble with that. These were laws. Okay. Regulations yes. are yes. meant. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Re- regulations are... are Rules and guidelines for the enforcement of laws. Right. These were statute letter. Right. These were black letter law. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Now, amendment. Yep. Amendment accepted. <laughs> yes. We we had gotten used to this being the law. Uh huh. And many of us didn't like it. Right. But the amount of mental bandwidth and the amount of energy we had mm-hmm. to really get. Uh, 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 outraged over it anymore. We we were directing our outrage at other stuff that seemed like it was a lot worse, right? You know, or we just grow tired of being outraged all the time. Well, yeah, which is a deliberate tactic by those who want to seize power. Yes. So many critics panned the series. Yeah, uh, largely because it was not realistic enough, which is weird because they also said it wasn't comic booky enough. Yeah. Like it got caught in the middle, essentially. Well, they, they, they really did too. Yeah, like, critics, critics, yeah. I think really, really wanted it to be a lot one thing or another. Yes, and I think a lot of the critics who were who were talking about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. were not really paying attention to what it was the creators were trying to say. Yeah, I think I think it did. Again, at the very outset, I think mm-hmm. it did an amazing job mm-hmm. of framing. What what we were all facing without realizing we were facing. Uh huh. Um, and again, I I think I think the the necessity to cater to what the audience wanted mm-hmm. uh, created some problems. Yes. Because you know when everybody's like, oh man, I want to see you know I want to I want to see Cap and, and and Iron Man go at it. You right. Know, I want to see you know and whatever hero was on one side, whatever hero was on the other right. side. Man, I want to see him go at it. And it's like the part of the story I wanted to hear was no, I want to find out what Wolverine fucking finds out. Mm-hmm. Like me right, as, right. as a as a not really typical, you know, uh, uh, comic book fan. Sure. Uh, uh, demographically speaking, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Well, number one, I'm a Wolverine fan over the rest of them anyway. Right. But, or I was at the time. Now I'm a Cap guy. But you know, um, but like, no, I I want to I want to now that you've introduced this intrigue thing. Mm-hmm. There's people pulling the strings behind the side. I want to know what that's about. Right. 
you know, and they never fully paid that off. They never, they, just, they never they, paid that off, which yeah. which is one of the things I didn't like. But there, there right. were all these loose ends left, kind of hanging because mm-hmm. they had to kind of rush together to throw an ending to it. Right, and that's where I agree with you. By the way, is that I don't think that it fulfilled its promise as a series. I yeah. don't think that um, it was flawless in any way. Mm-hmm. I do think that it uh, it's falling apart toward the end. I was okay with that. And with you being disappointed, I was okay with that because it is a mirror of the time that it was in. But you're absolutely right. It it did not uh, it did not tie up the loose ends that it really should have. Yeah. It's like, why are you bringing that up if you're not going to pay it off? Well, um, it's Chekhov's gun. You know, if, yeah. you, if you show me a gun in the first act, somebody yeah. needs to shoot it in the third act. Yeah. And, and you do were, have somebody who were, got shot. Yeah. But we but never figure out what the never, gun was or yeah. why they shot him. Yeah, we never you know. figured out who the assassin was, what direction right. they were coming from. I mean, for all we know, it could have been Frank fucking Castle. Right. Like, actually, like, we do know. Like, they, tell me that story. Right. Like, they did solve it. They, but uh, and then but, it got really convoluted later, and, and stupid. And it was well, and they yeah. had him traveling through time, stuck yes. in multiple timelines at once. Yeah. And, the, and I mean, I remember I actually read the comics because I saw that he was that they were going to be bringing Steve Rogers back, and I, you know. Yeah, tap Gimme. Vein for that. Yeah, but it was it was kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean it was not a great it was not a great example of, of plot writing. You know, but I I say okay. that with especially with Frontline being in there, it really still reads reads well today. I've reread it, um, but now you pull different lessons from it. It's not as much a snapshot of its time. Now, it is, but it's a snapshot that's so effective that you can see your time in it. So in 2006, mm-hmm. mass shootings weren't as big a deal. Well, there hadn't been nearly as many of them. Right. Well, that's because there's still an automatic weapons ban. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, wait. That no, phased out. It, it, in, it phased out earlier than that. No, 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 no. It didn't. Wait. It phased out in 20, 2009. Because it was put yeah, into place. Yeah, you're right. It, yeah. Was, it was 2009. You so, are correct. But people aren't shooting up elementary schools full of kids or high school schools full of kids. So nowadays, the question of registration is different. Because it is more about guns. Second Amendment. And the polarization is different today. Now, too. Okay, so, so nowadays, the, the argument for this being about Second Amendment mm-hmm. is, a more, is a more compelling... Yes tie-in or a more compelling takeaway. Yeah. So presentism okay. would allow us that. Yeah. It was not intended that way, but there's our theme. Okay. Um, but I would also point out that back then, police were not on camera murdering unarmed civilians as in a critical mass as they were from the 2010s forward. Um, they weren't running over memorials for the people that they had shot in the same day. They weren't turning off their body cameras right before they shoot a kid for running away who's 13 years old. They weren't rolling up on somebody's house, prowling around the outside of their house, and, and then saying, get your hands up and firing before anybody has enough time to comply. Yeah. So the question of whether authority... Or, or we weren't seeing them doing any of that. Right. So the question of whether the authority is legitimate or not has a very different connotation as well now. Oh, yeah. Now, like most, like most comics, it is a snapshot in the time in which it was written, right? Probably even more so considering... Miller's choices. Oh, yeah. But it still has a rather universal quality, largely due to the fact that both sides absolutely saw their solution as the greatest good and didn't revel in the suffering of the other side losing. True. 
Also, neither side took to Twitter to use the death of a child for political gain. True. So, what have you gleaned? Um, I think you you have convinced me that on some levels I was overly harsh mm-hmm. in my judgment of what the series did accomplish. Because mm-hmm. I think you make a compelling argument there. The the uh, depth of the symbolism of Steve Rogers' martyrdom. Um, yeah, you makes, raised that tide for me. Yeah. That was really you know. good. Um, and the extent to part of, part of my problem with it, mm-hmm. part of my problem with it was at the time, the way Tony descended like at lightning speed Yes, into utter villainy, like, like mercenary contracting, literal supervillains yeah. was you know, th- four issues in yeah. was, was he was, he was hiring, you well, know, villains to, to do this stuff. Blackwater was hired pretty quickly into you, Iraq. Well, yes, this is true. Um, I still- there's, there's a, there's a whole other kettle of fish involved in, in talking about how that all happened. What, what, what bugged me and what made me angry mm-hmm. or maybe not made me angry. What frustrated me at the time was I felt like, that was again. It was it was descent into mustache twirling mm-hmm. bad guy ism with a veneer of well, you know, I'm doing this for the right reasons. Um, you know, they turned Tony into Magneto. Mm-hmm. You know, without the moral without without backbone. without the same level of moral back. Like you can look at yeah. Magneto and go, you know, he's 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 right, he's right, he's wrong, he's, but he's right, he's right. He's the way you know the extent to which he's taking his ideas is too far, but he's not wrong. Right, Tony was like, no man, you you like you fucked this up. Yeah, like right away. Yeah, and I felt like the descent happened too fast to be to be compelling for me. Sure. It it immediately turned me on. I mean, like like I said, within within two or three issues of right. it all, I was like, "Well, you're the bad guy." Like, you know, you had this argument that made a lot of sense, but now you've done all this shit that, like, I I just I can't get behind that. Like, this is I wouldn't have used a phrase like problematic back then, but right. now I'd be like, "You got problematic immediately, and now right, you're way past that." Let me and, let me ask you something. Okay. So he took two, three issues. That's yeah. about three months worth. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to feel that way about Rumsfeld? Oh, Rumsfeld? Yeah. Because if that answer is any more than that, yeah, it, we got to address <laughs> a hell of a lot more bias. Um, and and that's fine. You get to because yeah. you're a different person now than you were then. Yeah. But. It took the comic book people over uh, uh, yeah. a month well, part before this, they started this, this doing that shit. This publication schedule True, was part of that. But, but like literally it was written yeah. into the thing of like it's going to be about a month before we start doing yeah, this shit okay, to people, yeah. right? All right, yeah. Um, but like, you know, yeah. Tony's descent was over the course of several months so, within yeah. that world. True. Rumsfeld. The experience of reading it, I, I, didn't, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't read it, you know, one comic one month, then the next month, okay. then the next. I didn't pick it up. Yeah. I, I binged, and okay. so for me, it was like over the course of an hour and a half, I watched him just, you know, co- turn into Sauron. Like, okay, what that's the fair. fuck? That's fair. So that's part of my, I'll admit, yeah. that's part of my experience. If, yeah, yeah. if I had been reading it, as it was one coming issue out. as it was coming out, yeah. 
my experience might have been different, mm. but but to me it was like okay, look at the 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 amount of narrative mass we yeah. have, the number of comic pages yeah. that we have here that it's taking for this to happen. I feel like this needs to take up more paper. There needs right. to be more dead trees involved in this journey. Yeah, and and that bugged me. Now you're totally right that like with <laughs> Roosevelt, I was like, whoa, yeah. hold up, yeah. what? Yeah. Wait, whoa, yeah. you know, that happened real fast. Good. My, uh, my, because the, the deal is I, I will admit, and I think I've admitted it before that at, at the outset, I, I believed what we were being told about Saddam Hussein. Right. And I was, I, I am a muscular enough Americanist that there was a part of me that was like the 308 rule applies. This is a bad guy. He's murdered his people in the past. Sure. We kind of let him do it but you know this is our opportunity to kind of fix that by getting rid of this bad guy and I always had some misgivings Mm -hmm. because you know I I was I was paying enough attention to know we don't have a plan for like what we're going to do after after we take Saddam out we don't really have a plan for how we're going to handle everything but you know, I I accepted the idea that well, you know, the revenue will the, the revenue that the Iraqi government will have from oil production, all this stuff that they'll be able to do, <laughs> will pay for all the stuff that's going to have to happen, and all da da da. And of course, we didn't know just how cor- we didn't know how corrupt Cheney was. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. Uh, we didn't just believe. How, we didn't believe. I yeah. was going to say the evidence was all there. Well, I knew yeah. plenty of people with whom I disagreed because, I was like, no, there's no way that's too cartoonish. Yeah, well, that's too comic booky. Yeah, no, yeah. And I was 100 yeah, percent wrong. Yeah, homeless people are not being found devoid of blood. Right. That's right. Cheney was out of town this week. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite bits from from uh, the Daily Show, talking about Dick. Um, which fitting nickname for that guy? Let me mm. tell you. So, but. You know, and 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 so you know the the at the beginning mm-hmm. I was like three hundred eight rule applies. We have yep. the ability to do it. We have a responsibility. That means we have a moral responsibility to do it. He's a bad guy. We got to deal with this. And I bought all of the intelligence that Congress bought and everybody else bought, which turned out to be false. Right. So I I was I duped. was a supporter. Yeah. I was I was duped like everybody else. Well, then we went in, and I remember I I distinctly remember having a conversation in my friendly local gaming store mm-hmm. with the owner of the store um, about, cause you know, it was all, it was all adult guys. In right. There. We, we had, we had a, a bunch of, you know, 30 somethings, 40 somethings guys that were, that were part of the crowd at this place. Part of the reason the store didn't do very well or didn't have enough kids in there buying shit. But anyway, yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, a discussion came up and we were, you know, bouncing ideas, you know, bouncing arguments off of each other. And I parroted the idea about, you know, we're, we're in there trying to, trying to, trying to fix things. We're in there trying to help people and our guys are getting shot at and we're trying to be the good guy. And, um, Kyle, the owner of the store, uh, said, well, you know, think about it this way, whatever your intent is. Or whatever their intent was, if if and a foreign army showed up in your backyard, and you know even if you hated him, they shot the leader of your government, you know, or or drove yeah, him out of power. Someone else came in and did that. Drove, drove him out of power. If somebody else showed up here and they were rolling around in armored vehicles and setting up, you know, a concertina wire perimeter right around around their camp on the edge of Seattle because that's where he was living at the time. Sure. 
you know, how would you feel about that? And I was like, okay, I don't really have a ready response to that. I got to think about that a little harder. And then it was that same year, about a couple of weeks after that, that, of course, Bush had his moment standing on the deck of the carrier with the big Mission Accomplished banner behind him. Right. And then it was, I think, that Thanksgiving that he flew into Bagram Air Base to have a Mm -hmm. photo op with the troops and then fly back out. And over the course of that time, that was when I stopped being a Republican. Interesting. And I can say that it was the mission accomplished moment that finally pissed me off enough mm-hmm. that I that I that I, I could not say I was a Republican anymore. Because my father was a naval aviator. Right. My my dad actually like worked on on carrier decks. My dad actually flew naval aircraft. Right. And to see George Herbert Walker Bush, who spent the Vietnam War in an Air National Guard unit and didn't even show up for all of his Air National Guard time. Right. uh, To see him wearing all of the trappings of the career that my father spent 21 years serving in. Mm Mm-hmm. I I I was insulted. Like I yeah. I was angry. Funny thing is, my dad wasn't. <laughs> my dad my dad had a completely different interpretation of the whole thing because politics right. is a team sport. He's going to be a Republican for the rest of his life. Whatever. Right. Um, <clears throat> and to him, it was no. That's that's the president. You know, wearing right. You know, naval flight suit. That's you know. To him, it was representation. To me, it was. Uh, uh, Appropriation, mm-hmm. and then he shows up, has a photo op on Thanksgiving, and then leaves. Was just like, how much artifice are we going to swallow from this fucker? Like, yeah. I'm, you know, and so, you know, at the same time that was all happening, or that was earlier than Civil War. But then, you know, by the time Civil War came around, I was yeah. no longer that guy, right. and and so for me. I, I, I think you're probably right about Rumsfeld. I probably saw shades of how rapidly that whole thing completely fell apart yeah. in how rapidly Tony yeah. turned into a mustache twirling bad guy. And I was yeah. like, well, shit, I don't want to see this. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Well, here's that's, a. That's ultimately that's kind of my 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 last statement on it. OK. There. I'm going to finish with a quote that my brother put me on to. Okay. Uh, And it is from a 4th of July speech uh, on foreign policy to the House of Representatives. Okay. From 1821. Okay. John Quincy Adams. Oh, yes. Okay. And now, friends and countrymen, if the wise and learned philosophers of the elder world, the first observers of nutation and aberration, discoverers of maddening ether and invisible planets... The inventors of Congreve rockets and shrapnel shells should find their hearts disposed to inquire what has America done for the benefit of mankind? Let our answer be this. America, with the same voice which spoke herself into existence as a nation, proclaimed to mankind the inextinguishable rights of human nature and the only lawful foundations of government. America and the Assembly of Nations, since her admission among them, has invariably, though often fruitlessly, held forth to them the hand of honest friendship, of equal freedom, of generous reciprocity. She has uniformly spoken amongst them, uh, spoken among them, though often to heedless and often to disdainful ears, 
the language of equal liberty, of equal justice, and of equal rights. I, I would point out that she spoke to her own states and had deaf ears on that, but well, I mean, she has, in the lapse of nearly half a century, without a single exception, respected the independence of other nations while asserting and maintaining her own. This is 1821. She has abstained from interference from the concerns of others, even when conflict has been for the principles to which she clings, as to the last vital drop that visits her heart. She has seen that probably for centuries to come, all the contests in the uh, Akeldama, uh, the European world, will be contests of the inveterate power and emerging right. Wherever the standard of freedom and independence has been or shall be unfurled, there will be her heart, her benedictions, and her prayers be. But she goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. She is the well-wisher to the freedom and independence of all. She is the champion and vindicator of only her own. She will commend the general cause by the countenance of her voice and the benignant sympathy of her example. She well knows that by once enlisting under oaths uh, or under other banners than her own, were they even the banners of foreign independence, she would involve herself beyond the power of extra, uh, extrication in all the wars of interest and intrigue, of individual avarice, envy, and ambition, which assume the colors and usurp the standard of freedom. The fundamental maxims of her policy would insensibly change from liberty to force. She might become the dictatress of the world. She would no longer be the ruler of her own spirit. America's glory is not dominion, but liberty. Her march is the march of the mind. She has a spear and a shield, but the motto upon her shield is freedom, independence, and peace. This has been her declaration. This has been, as far as her her necessary intercourse with the rest of mankind would permit, her practice. I think that that would work as domestic policy as well. At least it used to. Yeah. So... Anyway, as far as reading and recommendations go, yes. I'm going to recommend people read the Civil War Frontline part. Okay. That six-part series. Actually, that, that one might be the seven-part part series. Okay. Uh, Civil War Frontline is decidedly different than Civil War uh, proper because it follows reporters. Mm. And they interview people, but it follows reporters. Uh, and so there's far less action. When you see the action, you're seeing it through the reporter's eyes as a bystander. Mm-hmm. And as a reporter. And you get into a lot more of the moral arguments in, in that. So, Do you have any recommendations? Read the Bill of Rights. Ooh. Reread the Bill of Rights. I know I've recommended it at the end of another episode, but yeah. reread it. Yeah. For the love of God, reread it. For Remember the love it. Of the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More, perhaps more directly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Just... I, I would I would call upon all of us to try to remember the better angels of our political nature, mm-hmm. um, and and that is the best reminder I can think of. The other recommendation I'd give would be the Federalist Papers. Interesting, um, because there are a lot of arguments involved in the Federalist Papers that explain why the amendments are what they are. Yep, and what the concerns of the founders were when they wrote them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's that's an important part of one's renewing one's education in basic citizenship. I like it. So yeah, no, it's good. Um, well, this was depressing. 
Well, so many of our episodes that have anything to do with 9-11 wind up being that That's way. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I, well, a little bit because, yeah. you know, what we're, what we're talking about is, is a set of changes in, in the national psyche that are rooted in the dark side. Yeah. Like literally fear, hatred, yeah. anger. Um, and anything that's that's you know rooted in that to the extent that it is is gonna wind up being kind of a drag. That's a good point. That's a really good point. So, all right. Well, for a geek history of time. Oh, you know what? Yeah, uh, you can find us on oh yes on Twitter at Geek History Time Time. Uh, uh, you can find me at E H Blaylock. You can find me at Duh Harmony. And until next time, for a brief, for a geek history of time, blah, uh, for Easier a geek history of time, yeah, uh, I'm Ed Blaylock. I'm Damien Harmony. And keep rolling 20s.